Here we go, folks. The New Jersey High School Strength Coaches Podcast. I'm with my bro, Paul Colodi, and back for round two, Toby Jacoby. I mean, Toby's been keeping me on my toes because I canceled three weeks in a row because I'm weak. I'm soft. I'm telling him I'm tired. And he's like, man, this guy's all talk. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wiped out. And then we're going to record today. And it's 7 p.m. And it's it's like clockwork. My wife or daughter, somebody from the family texts me at 7 with, hey, we're going to eat. We're doing this. I was like, oh, no. But uh, I'm energized. I got the pizza in me. I got the carbs. All right. (laughs) I got the carbs. So we were ranting a little bit before. But our topic that was to be continued was going to be on a, was it long-term career as a strength coach? Was that what we were? Yeah. Yep. I, I believe that was it. We were ranting a little bit about club teams that don't have the time to get into the weight room. So um, I'm letting our guest of honor really choose the direction of where we're going to go, Toby, because I know you're hyped up. Three weeks in a row, I bailed. I, I mean, I, I'm almost <laughs> on the bench. I'm almost off the team. Oh, what do you're we got? good. You're good. Um, what are you feeling? I think I'll talk about what you guys were talking about a little bit, obviously, before uh, before we came on. You know, um, in my world down here, down south, it's baseball. Baseball. So, is- Toby, hold on. You got an yeah. echo. Are you with? Are you mic'd up? Oh, you are mic'd up. Yeah. Can you hear me? <clears throat> yeah. There's an echo for some reason, though. Hold on, just a second. Okay. Real life. <clears throat> so, for our coaches listening, before we recorded, we're talking, Paul and I, about the busy schedule we've got about getting teams in, and uh, Toby's going to take it from there. How's that go? Yeah, get get a sound check. Sounds good, buddy. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, but getting back to it, you know <clears throat> the. The whole club sport mentality and, you know, that, that that's, a, that's a, something our world has to deal with as high school strength conditioning coaches. I don't care where you are, um, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, there's always going to be something that, uh, you know, some way, shape, or form, you're going to run into that. Uh, I run into it a good bit here where I'm at with baseball, and, and now we're starting to get a little bit better in soccer, and so I'm starting to see that. And the reality of training athletes, the way I approach it is, you know, maybe this is my, my collegiate mindset is, Hey, guess what? Who's writes my paycheck. And at the end of the day, I'm strong rock strength coach. I'm not the club team strength coach. I'm not the, you know, so the way we do our program, it ends up being, you know, I got my base, I got my soccer guys who are playing soccer. We're off season training. I've got my, my baseball guys who are playing fall ball, guys, we're off-season training. Because the reality of it is like they're, never, they're never going to be off-season. Mm-hmm. They're never going to get stronger. They're never going to have those physical adaptations that they so you know, sorely need mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, I like to use the term with our kids, you know, develop that body armor to be able to handle the wear and tear of athletics. Yeah. And so let's be honest, <clears throat> as high school coaches, and this is selfish maybe, but as a high school coach, I'd rather my, I'd rather a club coach be angry with me than my baseball coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd rather a club coach of volleyball or whatever be upset with me than my coaches at Strongline. 
And, and so that's the approach that I take with it. Uh, you know, I lay that out very clearly to the parents. I lay that very clearly to the athletes. Sometimes I get a little bit of pushback and I say, okay, very simply, I'm in, and I literally explain it in those terms. I'm employed by Strong Rock Christian School. So please tell me what I'm supposed to do as an employee. Well, obviously, they don't have a real recourse when I use it, use it in that uh, terminology. And so that's how I try and address it. Okay. Um, now, I'm never going to ask a kid to do something that is not safe or so on and so forth. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, as a high school strength and conditioning coach, you have to learn how to manipulate that situation. I've reached out to, uh, to club coaches, and I've never heard a response. I've never gotten you – know, because, I mean, I'm, hey, if, if, we, if I'm being forced to work with you, uh, not that I want to, uh, no disrespect, but if, I'm, if I'm, this is the predicament – that I'm being put in, then I'll reach out. I've read, reached out to a couple of coaches and I haven't heard a word back. That's a shame. So if I'm, if I'm even willing to say, okay, uh, I'll extend that olive branch and has been thrown back in my face multiple times, then I have to you know, address it the best way I can. Now, the good thing with our programming and how we do it, it's, it, we have built in modifications for everything that we do. You shared those, uh, Training yeah. templates. It was amazing. Yeah, you're, no, you're a uh, spreadsheet master. <laughs> <laughs> blows my mind. Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's been a long time, and I, I've had a lot of work. When I was actually working on it, when you uh, right before this meeting, um, but so I, I have the ability to manipulate really quick on the fly with a lot of the stuff that we do. You know, not so much exercise, but volume and intensity. Very easy. We, uh, we went over this at the, uh, we had family day. So I kind of went over like, here's, here's the day of training. And here might be what the big, it's like, let's say it says squats for four by four. If you're a freshman, you're probably going to goblet squat for four by eight. Um, you know, if your back feels banged up, you'll goblet squat instead of back squat, or maybe back squat becomes front squat. Mm -hmm. So I like, I really respect and like what you're doing, though, meaning if you try to appease everybody <clears throat> and club sports have made it challenging for the high school coach, because sometimes the kids and or the parents in the club put precedent over the club, over the school. And then, you know, we're in like this tug of war. Soccer up here is like that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess hockey. Hockey. The, the weird thing about hockey Lacrosse. is. Club hockey is during high school hockey season. Mm -hmm. What the heck is that? You know, where baseball, you have fall ball and summer league. Lacrosse is, do they do it in the winter, Paul? What do they do? Like a summer? The, they've, they've become all year round as well. So their main up here is in the spring. But as soon as they're done, they go to summer tournaments. And then fall, they get with their clubs. Now, it's only two days a week with their club, but they're still with them. Um, and I just started getting my lacrosse guys back in Toby. I love what you're doing. I've actually, with our baseball guys who uh, we have, I, we have a baseball army too. We're our, our team played Zach's in the semifinals of the state. There can only be year. one baseball army. I'm just putting that yeah. out there. All right. So we're the, we're the, we're the baseball Marines, <laughs> but, um, their fall, because we, we've had a, a lot of success, their fall schedule got amped up by 10. So now they're playing two games a week, tournaments on the weekends. 
So I've gone the, the Wendler attitudes. So after we do our initial GPP, once we start about four weeks, I go right in the five, three, one, because I like that program. It's auto regulated for the kids. And I've, I've gone the Wendler way. They do a little CNS where we'll do a kettlebell swing or a high pull. They'll get their main core lift done with two accessories and they're out the door. So they're getting their main lifts in, but they're not getting that volume. And now the off-season baseball guys who aren't playing as much fall ball, they continue and they'll do some of the accessory work on top of that. But, you know, it is, I, I gotta, I gotta be able to make sure, uh, you know, coach, I know you say it all the time, do no harm. I don't want them going out there and, and, you know, whether it's their oblique or whatever they do in one of those games, get jacked up and then they can't, they can't play. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a hard situation. You know, I think about my fourth year here at Strong Rock, I, I also recognized something that golly, took me almost 20 years to figure out as much as we want to do and as much as we want to try and prevent and develop um, when you have parents like I, I, my first five years on uh, uh, open house, mm-hmm. my first five years, I had mothers each year walk up to me and tell me that their son had base elbow issues from baseball. Like I had, I had one kid who was a ninth grader had already had Tommy John surgery. So, you know, I, I learned that as much as we want to do, there's not, if they're going to fall into that culture of, uh, the, the, the travel ball and things like that, there, we can do what we can, but, you're not going to win every battle. I had a kid, I kid you not. He was our best pitcher. He was our ace. Tore his UCL playing dodgeball during homecoming week. Wow. As a senior? So he was. As a, a senior. Was. Oh. Senior year during the fall. Threw a dodgeball. And. Whoop, done. You know, uh, that's a common. I don't want to say common, but. In our town, there's a really good basketball team, and um, the like best player he had already committed to uh, a D1 school, but uh, he just tore his ACL in a summer tournament. And I really think your body can't handle the sport at high intensity year round. You need time away mm-hmm. from the sport, and you know, I remember Joe Ken told me long ago he visited my first uh, underground strength gym in 08 when he was at Louisville. And when we went out to eat after, he said, he said, most of these kids don't like to lift Zach. He's like, they love football. They love the sport. Lifting is not what they love. And I was like, really college guys don't love to lift. He said, yeah, really. And the other thing with you guys mentioning kind of this year round sport is I, I think as we get smarter, I know at least for me, sometimes I caught myself overthinking things, babying kids. And then I realized, man, I'm not making anybody strong. Nobody has like toughness and grit and this, you know, gritty mindset. And so today I had a kid freshman. He's like, I pitched all weekend. He's like, my arm is tired. I go, that's exactly why we need to be doing these chest supported rows. You need to build that up. Another freshman at my high school, you know, struggles to do push-ups. And he's like, when I do farmer walks, it's tough. I go, bro, 
You should be doing 100 push-ups a day, 100 squats, 100 lunges. You got to build your body. You have no muscle. And so you play baseball, it actually hurts your body. You know, I'll, once the kids get more advanced, let's say baseball comes in and it says overhead dumbbell press, I'll say, like I explained this during family day, if it says four sets of four to eight reps, dumbbell military press, I'll say, if you're a pitcher or a catcher who played this weekend, that's going to become a face pull or some sort of a rowing motion instead of a press. If you did not play, then you guys just do four sets of four overhead. And then we got a real high level pitcher on our team. He goes, coach, I did two sets of four overhead. And then the other two sets I did face pulls. So he figured it out and did a happy medium. But I, I find that high school kids are resilient. We got to build them up. But like you said, be intelligent, not, you know, don't go wild on them. But if you, if you could, as a coach, you could easily get swayed by some of the kids and the things that you read of like, oh no, he played like, you'll turn it into like a, you'll become like a rehab person. Overthinking. They, they won't even lift oh, a weight. And I'll be like, oh, easily. Exactly. So it's like, we got to work. The I'm best pitcher. Got to work. We had a pitcher here a couple of years ago. Um, he didn't go on and play college baseball just because he really didn't want to. He was tremendously intelligent, really smart, wanted to start his career and, and go to college. And um, But uh, I remember a day after he threw 93 pitches in a huge region game for us. The kid was in the weight room the very next day. We had power cleans on the schedule. He was cleaning. You know, he was a 170-pound kid. He was doing triples with 185. Great wow. technique, drop, you know, catching all the way down the bottom, standing up. I mean, just beautiful. Uh, and this was one of my first years here. And uh, I remember I posted it on our Facebook page, and, and you know, people loved it. Um you know, I will say this. I think I want to agree with you, Zach, and one of the things you said in the fact that the high school athlete is a lot more resilient than they recognize and I think that are given credit for yes. uh, from a physiological standpoint. Uh, you know, it's it, it, the baseball athlete in general is uh, an anomaly to deal with. Uh, I remember I was at Charleston Southern as the director of strength and conditioning, and I had a kid come into our program. And he was a two-way player, so, you know, played in the field, pitched, pitched some. And uh, he get in, he came to our program, and we were training. And I, I think I had those kids doing floor press just to not deal with it and just to kind of keep right. my sanity. And the kid came up to me. He's like, I've never done a bench press in my life. I was like, what? I was like, you're a Division One college baseball player. Never. But I turned that around, and, and one of my best friends is Blaine Kinsley, the baseball strength coach at the University of Arkansas. He was uh, I was up there a couple weeks ago spending time with him, and I just wanted to see the new $30 million baseball-only facility. Oh, you told us about this. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. But he was telling me uh, in their top six or seven pitchers, they're all hitting doubles and triples with 225, 245 in the bench. Dude, strong. I got to say yeah. That, and, and you're talking those guys, and, and I saw it firsthand, throwing 93, 94, 97. You know, they got a kid, a couple of kids that throw over 100. It's because they're freaking strong. Strong. This out. You don't think strong. those ligaments, you don't think those ligaments and tendons are strong and have good tensile strength and everything else? I no mean, doubt. 
Yeah, they're not going crazy. They're not bouncing it off. I see how you guys do it. You do it the right way. They do well, it the pause. right way. You pause bench, right? You can strong. Oh, but you're saying at the college. So well, yeah. he stole that. He's, he's, he told me he's like, I love that idea. I'm stealing it from you. I was like, okay. Yeah, dude. Pauses like, get you credit. Pauses get you strong. Squat yeah. bench pause. It, I think this in the baseball realm, and I know we've kind of <laughs> steered That's off. Right. We're it, good. But in the but in the baseball realm, you know, it's just one of those things that. Um, you've got to figure out a way to trick them sometimes. It, you know, it's just like when I was, uh, when I was the basketball strength coach at East Carolina university, my kids did not like to lift weights. They loved to play basketball. Right. And that was it. Now the coach, he was okay on it. Uh, one of the assistant coaches believed in it. And so luckily he pushed it and, and we had success. Um, but I had to, you know, those sessions, I'll never forget my boss telling me, when uh, he said, when you come in, when those guys come into weight room and you coach them, shut my blankety blank door. Because <laughs> you are, you're, he says, I can't stand hearing you yell that much. Because I had to be, I was just all around, you know, I wasn't a hype guy, but I was just very loud, very intentional. You command the room. Yeah. And, and, and I think as strength coaches, unfortunately, a lot of times that's, uh, that's something that you lose. You know, I'll never, I, I saw a post, I saw a post, uh, on, he was on Facebook, a buddy of mine, uh, actually, uh, is, uh, Eric Cash's assistant at Dorman, Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy is, uh, he's, he's a long time high school strength coach and he posted a picture and I have no idea who it was, but it was two jacked up monsters. And he said, you remember the days when strength coaches used to look like this? And then he said, as opposed to, you know, the guys wearing short shorts and, you know, <laughs> jumping around, waving towels and all that stuff. That's <laughs> like, yeah, I do remember those days. Um, but I think as professionals, we have to do a great job of, and this is what I love about the NHSSCA is, is we, we have to pay it forward. You know, I, I had great coaches that impacted my life. Um, I'm sure you did, Zach. I'm sure you did, Paul. Oh, yeah. and because nine times out of ten, actually 99 million times out of ten, you don't get in this profession if you did. And, uh, you know, I think as younger coaches come up, we it's something that we owe to our profession that, you know, I, I always look at things. I want to make leave them better than when I started them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a big part of it for me, especially now where I'm looking at in my career. Uh, and it's an important piece that we teach co- young coaches. Here's a great thing. How do young coaches learn how to coach? That, that, that to me, you know, how did I, I even have to look back for me personally. How did I learn how to coach? Who did I model? Right. Who did I observe? Um, and, and I see certain aspects of different coaches I've had. And it's, you know, I see, okay, there's, coach so-and-so there's coach so-and-so um you know and it's just one of those things that i think as a profession i think we've got to be better at you know uh, because the reality better at mentoring yes i I really do i think um i think we've got to help each other you know and and because I, i saw a post today on our facebook page and it talked about a young coach trying to get buy-in uh, from starting a new program. Yeah, I made a okay. video for him. 
And, you know, I I think uh, that it was one of those things that we just, we've got to make sure moving forward, we do a great job of. uh, Because helping those guys and girls to understand um, truly, you know, the impact that you can have is great. But at the same time, you know, how to do it. You know what I mean? So let's start talk, off on No, the that's a it's a good no, one. No, that's great. But let me say something before I forget. When we mentioned baseball last year, may have even been my first year <clears throat> because COVID shut down right before baseball started. Guys went through tryouts. Um, when I would do, I would program dumbbell benching, not barbell benching. <clears throat> and then a couple of the pitchers said, can I uh, barbell bench instead of me being like, Oh no, we don't bench as baseball players. I did it. I let them bench. And um, so now we got two Swiss bars in the weight room. Some of the guys like to bench. So I let them bench if they want to let, you know, in season, I'm a little bit more careful with it, but it just goes to show you we overthink things. And then when you were talking about your buddy, having the guys bench and lift heavy, um, the thing that I was thinking about was I saw, have you heard of driveline baseball out in, I think, <laughs> Seattle? Yeah, They're like the West side barbell of baseball. Those guys don't use any Swiss bars or safety squat bars. You see them doing max bench, <clears throat> one rep max, one rep max squat. And their founder is the pitching coach for the Cincinnati Reds. And it's, yep. they were fine with it. So <clears throat> it goes to show you that sometimes we, overthink things but certainly some baseball players will not be best suited for squatting i trained a pitcher and uh when he squatted he had that whole hip shift so i said you know what we're gonna do unilateral work and offset kettlebell squats instead of loading your spine and getting your your hip all kicked out so uh but let's touch on that culture question i i replied in the uh, facebook group with a video and I responded with more stuff and the stuff that I actually forgot to put in the video, I think was more important, which was basically connection with the kids. Um, this year I've been to most of the football games are like cheering squad goes nuts when they see me. Uh, the kids are so grateful and I didn't know, you know, I knew I was missing out. I'd have to leave the high school, run my own gym, leave the high school, pick up my kids this year, I took myself off my own schedule a bit. I made it on a Monday to girls field hockey, which I don't even train, but some of those girls play lacrosse. And I made it to girls soccer. I've made it to a few girls soccer games. <clears throat> and by doing that, it's like they realize how much I care. And I got to tell you, when I watch these kids play, I feel like I'm watching my own children. Yeah. It's like you just love to see them succeed when they don't win it hurts you you know it hurts you also but uh that was the one thing i forgot to put in my video answer to that coach was i was talking about the wristbands the t-shirts i was talking about getting kids to help one another to coach one another but then i realized man it's the connection i've made with these kids when i talk to them about stuff that doesn't have anything to do with football soccer and um yeah, that's that's the special stuff. So if this coach could uh, get to this game, that game, the kids will love it. Or during lunchtime, go walk to the cafeteria. 
mm-hmm. check in on the kids, see what they're eating, laugh a little bit. It's, I don't know why it's so simple yet. It's so powerful. They love it. So Toby, what do you do? Because <clears throat> you're tied up very busy during the day. Your strength and conditioning is during the day where Paul and I are after school. So we have kind of little, I guess, flexibility during the day to, to connect with them outside of the weight room. You know, um, the connection piece is a huge part. It's definitely something as I've gotten older, I realized I probably missed on a large scale. I did it individually. You know, I probably was a lot more strategic maybe, or just a little bit more selective when I was younger as a coach and as a wiser coach, um, I figured out it has to be more global within my teams and my, my athletes and my kids. Um, the number one thing I think that the way you connect with them is to get to know them just on just a, a different level. Uh, one thing that I do with our kids is I have them fill out a questionnaire. I stole this, I think from Garrett Keith is I, I have them fill out a questionnaire at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, it's what goal, what are your goals? What do you want to bench squat clean, blah, 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 all that stuff, which yes, it is important, but I put in there, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite sports team? Um, you know, and, and try and learn, you know, every single day connect with at least one kid about something different yeah. than strength and conditioning. <clears throat> I think the them seeing you at the games is vitally important. You know, the other thing that I think that has really helped us in our with a lot of the things that we do is the things that, you know, the social media aspect and the promotion of our kids, you know, doing the lifters of the week. Um, you know, one of the things I did with our parents this year is I called every single one of my parents. Okay. Now in my world, that's only 150 kids uh, through the high school and middle school. But my, my principal told us the way I understood his directions, at least. And I called every single one of them. And uh, I just said, hey, I'm excited about having so-and-so in the, in the class this year. You know, if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, please let me know. It, it helped me learn about my kids. I had one parent say, thank you for reaching out. Um, I'm sitting here in the hospital with my husband. Oh, crap. And so I just, you know, started talking to her. And I literally play, prayed with her on the phone. Uh, the husband had a heart attack. And nobody at the school knew. And I was literally that first person. So, um, you know, just doing things like that, uh, just making sure you're checking up on them here and there. Um, you know, when we did went through the whole COVID thing, that obviously uh, we, we developed a very good online presence as far as connections with them. Uh, I think a big part of it is meeting them where, where they're at. Is that why you started the Facebook group, Coach? Or was that before COVID? No, no, that was what, <laughs> you know, why I started the, I kid you not, I got some funny stories about Facebook. I started the Facebook group to realistically help with our renovations. Of so the weight my, room? Yeah. You should, are you whole, in the Facebook group, Paul? Toby's school's strength initiative Facebook group? I don't know. Let me check. He's got I a, think I am. <clears throat> yeah, I think you are. Yeah. Um, but I was just I, wondering was, why you used Facebook and not Instagram. I guess Facebook is more the adults. Facebook's are mom and dad. And if I'm yeah, going yeah. after, I'm going after mom and dad, you know, at that time who was trying to raise money, where am I going to start? But two, one thing I, uh, one thing I firmly believe in 
you can be Tommy Moffitt, Louis Simmons, uh, Alvin Roy. I'm not, a, I don't necessarily believe that uh, Boyd definitely started strength conditioning, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, you can be all those guys combined into one and do an unbelievable job training kids during the day, creating culture. But everything that you do as a coach can be torn apart by a 15 minute conversation at home. So if mom and dad don't believe in what you do or are not have a little bit of understanding, then as a high school strength coach with culture, you're never going to win. Mm -hmm. So I've really made that point to, you know, to use Facebook as a weapon for me for the parents. And uh, the funny thing was after my first year of doing it, I'm sitting there at the end of the year and my principal brings it up in my year in review. And she just said, Hey, we absolutely love how you're highlighting the kids on social media. Our, you know, our parents love it. You know, our administration loves it. I was like, oh, okay, great. And so, you know, I've continued to do that. Now we've added Twitter and Instagram over the course of the years. And you're right, Paul, the kids are on Instagram significantly more, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that has become a weapon for us and has been a big piece of getting to meet kids where they are. Uh, I'll never forget. I had a little golfer come up to me one day and says, coach, what do I got to do to get on Twitter? <laughs> I, had, I had posted some videos of his right. friends and buddy. I was like, I, you know, I, I don't remember what I told him. And you had to clean like 185 or something. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to clean 185. Okay, go. Great. Go do that. I don't, he never did it, but at least he tried. Um, but you know, those type of situations have, have shown me, you know, we're, we're going down the right path. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this too. Um, one thing that's helped with social media and things like that, that's helped me professionally is, uh, I was sitting in my CEO's office one day and, and we, t we typically talk, I go into his office probably two to three times a week and have conversations just to talk, um, and we were talking and I said, yeah, so-and-so is coming to visit today. And, and the week before, so another people had come to visit and he looks at me, he's like, Toby, no disrespect. Our athletic teams aren't very good. Why the heck are these people coming here to watch you? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I'll be honest with you a lot. He said, I said, uh, you know, why are, we have an unbelievable math department. We have an unbelievable English department. Nobody's coming to watch them do what they do. But you have all these other schools, significantly bigger schools than what we are coming to visit. And I said, well, honestly, a lot of it is what we do from a social media standpoint, uh, where people really like what we do. Mm -hmm. And it, it intrigues them, it interests them, and they're, they want to see how it actually happens and works. And he's like, how do, we got to get to figure out that. You know, and, and for me at a private school, that's a great selling point. Yeah. Um, you know, the last thing I'll say, too, is we're going back to that connection piece. Something I started when I was at Western Carolina. I did it at Kent State. Um, no, I, I, I didn't do it at Kent State, but I did it at Charleston Southern a ton. Uh, I never had a chance to do it at East Carolina, but I've done it here a ton is I cook for my kids. Oh, you, yes. It, you said this last time. Paul's mentioned it where the, the barbecue stuff. I mean, those things have become kind of legendary within our teams. And, and you know, uh, they absolutely positively love it. And it's just one of those things that, um, you know, 
I'll spend a couple hundred bucks to make sure my kids really have a great time. We got a pool. They love the pool. And, you know, that's kind of taken on a life of its own. My, my, At your my house? Kids. Oh, yeah. It, it, my pool is, uh, you want to talk about water all over the place. And I'm wondering if that thing's going to break because it's an above ground pool. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it is what it is. You get a bunch that's of boys funny. in there playing pool basketball. But it's, it's those kind of things where they can see you outside of yes. the weight room. They see you differently. And, and you're right. Seeing them at their athletic events goes a long way. Um, but I think being a culture part of the high school realm, the parents play a huge piece in it. They really, really do. And I think if you can get the parents, you'll get the kids. And right. that's, not a, that's not a typical answer. But let's be honest, from an early age up until they get out of high school, who's really the one saying, all right, you got to go to school? Parents. Yeah. Mom and dad. Yeah. Who's the one who gets them to the weight room? Yeah, Mom and parents. dad. Yeah, they drive them. You know, I lose my mind coaching in college because the kid wasn't on time. I can't do that in high school. Correct. Not the kid's fault. Right. Um, you know, it, it's so you have to understand that dynamic. And start educating the parents that's that's huge toby because sometimes kids will be late and i tell kids guys when i'm late taking my son somewhere it's because he wasn't organized so i know it ain't mom and dad's fault all the time you guys may be and i tell them don't spring up you need a ride two minutes before you know sunday night or two nights before you let mom and dad know or whoever you live with your schedule well, Paul, what about you? What do you do? You know, culture is, it's, it's a big umbrella term, but man, you got a pumping program and it's not so easy. Um, I struggled for a while. Now I'm getting like, I need to be cloned. I keep saying, what do you feel is your strong suit that uh, builds the culture at your school? It's gotta be, it's gotta be community-based. You know, uh, Toby said it before. Um, it's got to be the parents. It's got to be the faculty. Um, I, there are some faculty that don't even know I exist. Well, I mean, we have 350 teachers in, at Hunter Central. It's we're we're large, but um, get them to understand. Of course, the administration, but the parents absolutely. Listen, when I did Instagram, I never checked that Facebook box until COVID, um, and I started putting it on there. I, I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. You until- have a Facebook group. What do you have? So no, I well, I have the Instagram, but when it says share, you can you can say share at the Facebook as well. So, it goes so I would share it to Twitter. Um, so yeah, it would go to the Facebook, so the parents could see all the stuff that I was doing on it. So I didn't have to post it in different places. Right. Once I did it, I would just check that. Um, and I, I to truthfully, uh, COVID was was a big learning uh, growth piece for me. Um, we started school at nine a.m. Once we started going virtual. And I said, you know what? Every morning I'm going to get up at 730. Um, I'm going to start a, a workout. I did a live workout every single day of COVID. Started at 815. We went to 845. And I told the kids, I said, what better way to get ready for class than to get up, get energized and get ready to go. Um, and so 815 every day from March 16th until we graduated on June 21st. Every Monday through Friday, I did a live Instagram workout and I posted what, it on like body weight dumbbell and it was in my living room. Oh, it was body weight. It was, it was towel isometric. 
it was dowel, it was kettlebell, uh, backpack. I had I had a backpack, oh, backpack. filled with soup cans. I remember you um, did this. You know, I showed them how to make a backpack that was heavy. Um, we did. Uh, I posted it all on on our Instagram um, team builder. Yeah. And it started off, you know, I would see, I'd, I'd take a peek at the little eyeball, see how many kids were there. And it started off like four or five. And then as we were getting into April and May, you know, I saw 20, 22. And my uh, Poconos were, uh, were, were texting me and saying, I got my kids doing it up here. Um, I'm good friends with the Delcy athletic trainer down there. I invited Delcy, the whole school, to join in with us. I gave him nice. my Instagram account. And we, I, I, I got in good shape. I got, it got me up every day, got me motivated. Yes. I was smoked. I was smoked after a half an hour. I was doing box jumps over buckets in my living room. O'Neill sent me a text. He's like, you got ups. You know, I was doing stuff. We're just having fun with it. Toby, when we did family day, Paul did a full like speed block. Once he started, like the once the warm up started going and the nervous system got hyped, he was moving. I'm telling you, man, that was like, oh, and everybody was like, damn, Paul could move. I didn't know it was like a secret weapon he has in his back pocket that we didn't know about. You know, just like with today, uh, field hockey, you said, you know, field hockey isn't one of my really big teams. Um, but there, there are some girls that are consistent and they, but they come in every Wednesday at four 30 coach has them in season every, every Wednesday they're on my schedule. And there was uh, we had a Thursday game coming up and it was a team we hadn't beaten in a while. I said, you know what? It's time to beat this team. I was just at Wendy's the other day and they're giving away frosties for a buck. I'm going to buy coupons. You guys beat them. Everybody's getting a frosty. I gave away, (laughs) I gave away 30 frosty coupons today. They won. And they were posted, they were posted on Instagram frosties and I gave them out today. And, you know, it was, it was a fun day. You know, I played the Rocky song as I came out of my office with the, (laughs) with the coupons. It has to be fun. It is so serious. And look, I was too serious when I got there. I mean, I was crazy serious, but you know what? It did set a tone. It set a standard, but then as they start kind of like, um, doing the work that's the right stuff. Then you show a little bit of your soft side and then, you know, you don't let them get too much of the soft side if they need like to get reeled in. Um, You know, today I taught freshmen the first time ever had a bench, had a trap bar deadlift. Everything's going good, going good. Don't miss how, if it's easy and, and, you know, you're, we're doing fives, feel like you get eight, how much weight you had five. Oh, a couple of kids don't listen. Somebody got pinned under a bar. I blew the whistle. I bring, said, you blew it. I saw somebody get pinned by a bar. I saw somebody do half reps. I go, is that what we do? I go, do you get three points when you run halfway down the football field? I go, we don't do that. I go, strip it down. You get to finish with farmer walks and curls. I go, you guys got to listen to me. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, don't, I told you how much weight to add. <laughs> and so it was fun, fun, fun. Then I kind of pulled the plug a little bit, but they still got to finish with their curls. And then they know, hey, man, coaches, coach. And then I also had to tell them, don't get emotional when I coach you hard. If I'm telling you to touch the bar to your chest, don't get upset. I said, are we the housewives of New Jersey? We are not. <laughs> That's what I told them. They're like, no, coach, we are not. So we ain't got no time for drama here. 
So should we, guys, should we go next time into the career talk or should we give like a little well, tidbit on that, that? Zach, I got a question. So since you said bar to chest, I've been to ask Coach Jacoby this for years. What, what made you go to the pause? Because pause. after listening to you, I started that with my freshman and I got to tell you, our, our, the way we do things on the bench for them is night and day now. They're so much better. And what made you start with that? A couple of reasons. Um, coaching in college, you see obscene amounts of shoulder injuries all over the place. And it doesn't matter if it was sport, football, baseball, even you know, some basketballs from time to time. Uh, so I had that in the back of my mind. And when I came to Strong Rock, said, okay, I'm going to evaluate things. When I came to Strong Rock, we had uh, an obscene amount of, of uh, injuries from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And so one of the big ones was shoulder injuries. And so I said, all right, let's evaluate things. Let's see. And so I watched them, how they benched, and it was straight, you know, what most people would think, bring the bar out, bounce it off your chest, catch it. Uh Plus two, honestly, the equipment that we had at the time was somewhat suspect uh, as far as what I felt comfortable with uh, from a lifting standpoint. When I would see, you know, basically a kid would drive a shoulder blade and do a good job of driving the shoulder blades into the bench. Problem is the hips would come up and the bench would come up with them sometimes. (laughs) So I was like, oh, crap. And, And so I didn't have a bunch of benches to utilize. And again, we were planning to make um, some renovations. And so I'm thinking of all these things. And so I said, okay, how can we do this safely? And so I started thinking about how is the best way to assess true upper body strength? Well, I'm my powerlifting background, pause bench. And it's going to be a safer move. You know, it's a safer movement because you're controlling the eccentric, you're getting that eccentric load, which we all forget about in any form method. Uh, you know, some ideals of Caldeets and triphasic and all that kind of stuff. So I'm loading it eccentrically. I'm controlling it at the chest, and then I am exploding it concentrically, you know, uh, which I believe has a better carry over to sport on top of being safer. And so when I started looking at all those things, I was like, to me, this just makes sense. It, it really seems like a no-brainer. Uh, are our bench press numbers going to go down as far as what we could bench press? Yeah, because I'm not bouncing it off my chest and hips flying up off the bench, and it's just going to be a safer movement. So really that was the, the reasoning behind it was safety and what is best for our, our sport. And, you know, and it's kind of worked out really, really, really well. So – uh, the shoulder injuries have decreased significantly. Um, the ones that we suffer now are not um, anything other, you know, basically right now we got labrums and unless I can stop externally rotating, which we don't do pretty much at all in the weight room, you know, I can't teach a kid to tackle with an arm way behind. And mm-hmm. part of it. So um, we've been able to, a lot of the AC separations that we had, you know, knock on wood are, are non-existent, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that I evaluated our program. I looked at it from the sense of don't do what I like to do. Don't do what I've always done. 
do what's best for my kids and my situation. It's the same principle That's behind the golden uh, rule. Yeah. Behind why I left, you know, I don't back squat anymore. Um, oh yeah. You said I, you front squat with the kids. Yeah. We front squat. Uh, and, and I love back squatting, you know, I'm again, powerlifting background. I love the back squat, but when I looked at all the things that I saw for me, the front squat just made more sense. So you could, um, you know how you mentioned the pause. I like to have some variety to the lips. So for our coaches listening, if you feel like you're overdoing, we back squat, we front squat, well, do a three-week cycle of a pause back squat. Do a three-week cycle of a pause front squat. And you could do, hey, we're going to do a two-count pause in the bottom. Last rep is always a five-count pause. That could change. You know, you're starting to implement a little bit of variety. You know, you're, I, I kind of like Matt Wenning has said, he implements a conjugate approach to exercise selection, but a linear approach to progression. So he changes, you know, the bars and the variation. And then same thing with the floor press. We could still pause on, on the, in the floor. So uh, I, uh, I agree with that. The pause makes you strong. I started implementing pause work like in my mid-30s after, uh, you know, hanging out with Travis Mash a lot. He was implementing a lot of that <laughs> stuff. You know, it's, it's funny how a lot of stuff I learned later you know just getting around other coaches i didn't start doing cleans until i met travis he did a uh, seminar at my gym and that's why i always tell kids if a guy who's 36 you know training 23 years who's very tight can learn to clean you can do it <clears throat> as a kid so <clears throat> paul what do you what do you you're all pause bench now Instead of a not, touch not, not at all. I, I started with the freshmen. So our freshmen come in and they, they, it's, they do a, like a modified one by 20 where we do a lot of different exercises. They do a lot of reps. They get really good at them. And our kids are doing a good job with the dumbbells and doing things. I said, you know what? I'm going to give the bench a go today. And I took Toby's, uh, you know, idea. And I said, here's what's going to happen. Put the bar down right here where I showed him where the bar has got to hit. I want you to feel that spot. I want you to go down, hit that spot and keep the bar there for one second before you go up. So bar path, it gave them an idea of where it had to hit every time and they weren't bouncing it. They were going down, touching, holding and going back up again. And um, wow. Wow. I mean, at the end of the day, I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, that was, that was a great day. You know, freshmen sometimes can get a little giddy and crazy. What, you know, when you start giving them new things, man, they crushed it. And that's the only way I bench with them right now. That's it. Everything's fun. You brought up a great point, and from a technical standpoint, I think the pause does an unbelievable job of reinforcing bar path. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I've noticed with our kids that um, I coach it, and it's a big coaching cue, but honestly, it's just more of a reminder for them. Uh, I don't have, for, most, for the most part, most of our kids' bar paths usually are straight down, straight up, you know, so uh, I think that's a great benefit of it. I like it. I, I was thinking of this. I know <clears throat> we always say we're done, <clears throat> but I had just the freshman football players in and uh, I've got, I'm sure you guys have seen this, but my, my numbers are so big. Um, this kid still can't lunge. He struggles to do a bodyweight squat. He can't do one inverted row. He could dumbbell bench. He can overhead press. 
but he cannot move his body. Is he better than what he was in July? Absolutely. But honestly, a kid like that, I would not be opposed to putting him on a bodybuilding machine training program to build muscle, leg extension, leg curl, even a leg press to get his legs. You know, he, he just can't in, in the group setting. If I could train this kid one-on-one, but I can't, I got like 40 something freshmen, you know, um, I remember Mark Bell telling me years, years ago, like a guy showed up, his gym is free. And the guy had just zero muscle tone. He's like, dude, you actually just need to go to like a gym, a gym. And for the next like five months, just do every machine and do five sets of 10, like get on every machine and learn how to like hold your body, seated cable row, lat pull down, hammer strength, chest press. Once in a blue moon, you get kids who need that kind of stuff, who cannot squat. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Zach. I don't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. No, perfect. But All good. I think as, and I've got a movement screen assessment and functional movement screen and PPI and all that great stuff's out there. There are a lot of dysfunctions and issues that can be fixed by strength. Yeah. Yes. And I yes. think, I think, uh, I don't know why in our industry that we have gotten away from that a little bit. It's like but it there offends are people a, to talk about a getting lot strong. of a lot of things that um, can be, you know, now is it, you know, when we squat, is every kid perfect? No, but I'm sitting here and I can watch a kid. Okay. I see the knee valgus. I see the ankle uh, come up a little bit. Okay. I know they have ankle mobility issues and uh, you know, I, I guess I go against the old, uh, was it great cook uh, load dysfunction, but I've seen a bunch of kids who've had those issues. Once they got strong, guess what? The foot became stable. The knee became stable. And they were healthy, strong, and athletic. Agreed. And I think think sometimes, especially younger coaches, maybe not as wise, you know, wisdom laden, Mm -hmm. uh, you throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes because you got to fix this and you got to fix this and you got to fix this. And the reality is for a lot of kids, like you just said, we got to get strong. If, if a kid can, you know, bend and if he can perform the, you know, uh, I've got it right now. I've got a kid. Uh, it, he struggles because he's so large. Um, he's and, heavy. He's a heavy kid. Yeah, That's what this kid is. He's very heavy. So and, relative body strength is almost impossible for him. He can't do one inverted row. And now I, you know, thinking of it, I'm like, man, his squats still look so bad. I might just put him on leg extension, leg curl, farmer walk, military press, dumbbell bench, band pull apart. But we need to be able to squat and lunge because when you're on the field, that's what's happening. But him doing bodyweight squats and lunges, it looks so bad that we're going to need to get these machines going. And ironically, like um, these uh, experts in like uh, patella tendons and, you know, uh, knee ligaments, they highly encourage leg extensions. They actually think it's, or their research shows that it's a great exercise for strengthening patella tendon. Zach, what I've done is I'll, I'll take that kid that you're talking about. And I have some of those kids too. 
Uh, I have TRXs in the middle of all my racks and they'll do a TRX assisted. So they'll do that lunge and they'll do it using their arms and their upper body, what strength they have there, but we'll work on the pattern. So it's still not going to be sloppy. They may do a split squat for two weeks just to learn how to lower their hips and raise their hips. And they're using their hands squat. I'll have them hold a squat in, in, in the hole and just feel what it feels like to be down with their heels down on the ground. Like he could maybe get halfway. He needs one-on-one time, the group, you know, it's interesting. You got kids that, you know, today we're trap bar deadlifting 115. And uh, I had a group deadlift with perfect technique, 305. First time Uh deadlifting. It shows Uh you what worlds apart you have as freshmen. And um, then it also shows us we need what you're doing, Toby, with Facebook. Like, you're right. We need the parents involved because those kids need to get essentially intercepted early with being active because I always say like I could look at a physique and I could see SpaghettiOs or steak and potatoes, what the kid is built like, you know what I'm saying? There's genetics, of course, but if this kid grows up in a household of all processed food, his body's going to be weak and, um, you know, it's my job to fix that, though. And I'm cool with that. But, uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in there. And uh, I'd say you were mentioning, like, having that wisdom and that experience. In my early days of a strength coach, like, you're the antichrist if you're touching a machine, you know, God forbid. Or if you weren't on a BOSU ball, you know, you're an idiot. And it's just interesting how things have gone. But the 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 answer of, you know, getting strong and um, let's fit, let's close with this guys. I was, I was speaking with Marty Gallagher today. So I want to recommend his book. It's one of my favorites, the purposeful primitive. Have you read that book, Toby? No. Oh my dude. I read the book when it first came out and was so blown away and inspired by the different stories and the different training methods of each different power lifter or bodybuilder. And, uh, the purposeful primitive is like a book I wish I had when I was a teenager. You know, when I was a teenager, I was reading, you know, Robert Kennedy's maxi cut legs and, you know, all this stuff. But that book as a strength coach, you should be reading that. I've got a lot of books on my desk. You have to read purposeful primitive. Of course. I love that book. Jumping ability. You know, Louis Sims always talks about jumping ability for all, for all athletes. I like a lot of Pavel's books, the book he did with Dan John called Easy Strength, mm-hmm. tremendous um, encyclopedia of underground strength. <laughs> got it. That. You got it. Josh Bryant has a lot of awesome books, the jailhouse yeah. strong stuff. Plus yeah. he has books before that. I've got one there. It's called built to the hilt. I love that book. Um, what, what, um, and you know, I have Cal Dietz's stuff bookmarked on my, uh, on my computer. I don't know how many people are going to grasp it right away. So you got to really dig in to his information. He has a gazillion free videos for people. Um, anything by Charlie Francis, the system with Johnny Parker, Al Miller. I think even Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia of modern bodybuilding is an important I've used, uh, if you want to talk about a reference and an idea, yep. look, I have used that a ton of times. Strength my coaches. Career. 
Yeah. Just looking at, okay, I know I want to address this. Give me, you know, just, just from a, a idea standpoint, I've used that a ton. You, you're, ton. you also, what's interesting is we mentioned getting strong. A lot of the kids of this era, because they're not growing up doing push-ups and all that stuff on their own, you need to implement bodybuilding stuff. Um, I want to kind of, I'm giving myself a plug on this, but on my YouTube, I partnered with play on this. I did a series of, uh, I think we got like 20 something videos called iron roots Roots. where I watched them. Cool. I reviewed an old book or an old training method. And then the last six or eight videos, I interviewed Jan Dellinger, who was, who is the last living employee who worked with uh, Bob Hoffman, you know, founder of York Barbell and John Grimmick. So those older books, ironically, even college strength coaches don't know a lot of this stuff. One guy who's was at a pretty big division one school for football. He's like, I never heard of these people that you're talking about. And I think it's important to learn from them because you learn this. It could be something simple. It could be something kind of eccentric. So it's called iron roots. It's a playlist on my YouTube channel. Um, Paul, what do you got for book recommendations? I mean, we're killing it. We're already an hour in. We might as well do the food and movie recommendations after the book. So what do you got well, on the books? I, I got I got one that I just started, uh, Dinosaur Training. Oh, um, yes. I reviewed yeah. that on Iron Roots. Yeah. So I just started that. And it's interesting. I mean, he's not a strength coach. He's not anything. He just was he's a lifter. A, he's an attorney. Yeah. By the way, in the early 2000s, well, 2007, when I opened my first gym, a guy that was like trained under Dr. Ken Leisner, he showed up at my gym and um, guy was a football coach, was going to get drafted into the NFL, but instead became a pastor. He came in front of my gym with a like a shopping bag. He had VHS tapes of dinosaur training, VHS tapes of Dr. Ken Leisner. He gave me the Dino Training Files, which was a monthly newsletter from Brooks Cubic. So wow. I re- I reviewed that stuff, and Brooks Cubic wrote that book in the late '90s. Although I think the strongman stuff was really brought forth with, I, I think Dr. Ken brought a lot of it forth um, into athletics. You know, in the '80s, I've got a video of him. I got to share it with you guys. I don't know if you saw it. Don't give me any more because I just started reading it. So okay. I want to get into it. <laughs> no more. Um, so Toby, what about you? What kind of book you feel or books you really love? Um, you know, um, I love speed. I'm reading the uh, Michael Yeses Explosive Running right now. I think that's uh, I enjoyed that. Again, I'm with you on anything by Charlie Francis. Uh, definitely love Speed Trap. Um, yes, I have def- it. Great go-to. Um, <clears throat> Uh, again, powerlifting background, love Louis Simmons, uh, anything I, I can get Westside book of methods. It's uh, right under the computer. I love I've that got, book. Yeah. I've got, uh, um, here you go. There's a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, uh, I got, uh, you know, uh, from a career standpoint, I absolutely, I had a chance to hang out with him in Colorado, speaking at a clinic and Kurt Hester, um, rants of a, Madman Strength Conditioning Coach. That book, I want to read that one. That's right. that is uh that's that's something that is entertaining. It's a uh, must read book. I did not think he was going to get so much into the like career side of things, 
That, if you're a strength coach, you must read it. I just texted with Kurt yesterday doing some research. Paul and I are going to speak at the like New Jersey Athletic Directors Conference. He, you know, is super smart, but he also stands his ground. He understands how to navigate communication with athlete, sport coach, administration, and not get swayed yeah. to, you know, he, he's really, and he's so busy coaching, he doesn't do this kind of stuff, but uh, that is a man to learn from. Um, I definitely would say um, Weight Room Wisdom. I think that's the name of it. Um, By Ronnie. Rami Kifri. I really yep. enjoyed that again from another career aspect. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool seeing uh, the people who have been through it. Obviously, CEO, strength coach. I wish I'd have had that as yes. a younger coach uh, for sure. Um, and then I try and get as much stuff. Again, I, I, I allude to a comment I made earlier, as much stuff as I can from Alvin Roy. Uh, yeah, what did he write? I mean, he was, you're right, the first. It's, he was it, early 70s, late 60s. Yeah, maybe 50s. 50s um, from you know, Alabama. Was, well, he was at Alabama. He, his fame is LSU, Alabama, I think. Uh, but his fame came with San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers. Uh, there's the some NFL. old photos of him. If you guys follow on Instagram, Institute of Iron, that's mm-hmm. Kenny Toth, powerlifter. Uh, he posts some awesome history. So he did an Alvin Roy. I reposted it like a year ago. And you see Alvin Roy coaching some of the San Diego Chargers. They're like deadlifting and power cleaning outside. You see the yep. thick, the no. yeah, the deep dish um, plates. But, you know, too, uh, books are all great, and I love – I enjoy reading. Uh, but it's just really opportunities like this, just getting to talk to different coaches. And, and you know, um, during COVID, I did an interview series that's on our the NHSSCA website mm-hmm. with a bunch of different coaches, and a lot of them were my friends, but it just worked out where I was able to sit there and talk for an hour, hour and two, you know, hour and a half and, and, and dive into different things and really just seeing um, – you know, hanging out with like-minded people, um, I, I think is really what I truly, truly enjoy, uh, from a learning standpoint, uh, obviously with the internet now you can, there's so much that you can do. Oh, I do like Mike Boyle's book. Uh, Mike the, Boyle's the, great, man. The, the functional strength coach, functional strength coach. um, you know, I think that there's a lot of things I've taken from that. Uh, it's made me evaluate what we do. Um, and so, I think just, you know, being able to talk and, and you know, develop uh, as a coach and as a profession is just one of the things I truly, truly enjoy. That's for sure. You know what else yeah. needs to get done? Because you're mentioning the talking and stuff. Here's what really has to get done. You got to train. And yeah. you need to, uh, especially in your younger years, experiment on yourself. Hey, what's it feel like to go through a cycle of 20 rep squats? Can I incorporate high intensity training in any aspect. Let me go through, you know, three months of triphasic. Yeah. You're 20 years old. You're 25 years old. You should be experimenting on yourself. Let me go and spend four days at Westside Barbell. Let me go and attend a, you know, purposeful primitive seminar with Marty Gallagher and Jim Steele. You go and train and get under the bar. Um, you have to get your hands dirty, so to speak, or you'll never, if you're programming something that you never did and really went through, 
it's you know it's gonna okay. go over your head so what what were you gonna say paul you got a book a movie yeah i was gonna give uh, and this is i've read this twice and you, you guys everybody knows john gordon uh author this is his brother dave it's a yeah. book called tip take it personally i just read it for the second time it's a storybook it's kind of like um martin rooney's book you know it tells a story it just and toby you were talking about how how some of these young coaches can learn how to coach and brand themselves this book is unbelievable i'm ordering it now that. that's it you mentioned it i'm going on amazon it's um he he's actually i read it the first time and i enjoyed it so much i sent him an instagram message i said i'm gonna buy your book and i'm gonna give it to my iron red devils at the end of the year he goes what's it called tip tip t-i-p just, just t-i-p yep dave gordon He's he's on the 25th. He's meeting with my Iron Red Devils. They're all at college now, but we're going to do a Zoom meeting and he's going to talk to them about the book and what it means to him. And and it's take it personally. It's not about getting. It's about giving um, and take personally what you do uh, every day. Um, so give more than you get. Um, and if your tip jar is full at the end of the day, that means you did a pretty good job of that. So um, I like that idea. It's not. Oh, here we go. It's a audio. You got it as a physical book. Yeah, it's it's nineteen bucks. It was nine. But it's a uh, it's a story. I mean, I, I I read it in three days. I mean, and I'm not the best reader. Um, I, I boom sucked that one up. Um, it's uh, yeah. COVID's done a lot for for me personally. It really has being locked in this office for a, for a week and a half. Oh yeah. You were I'm trying to get, all right. I see it, but oh. yeah, it's a tip jar. It says just TIP Kindle. It's only hardcover, no soft cover. Yeah. Here we go. Look, I love this guys. I'm buying it used for $8. There you go. That, I you love go. that. You could, that you could do that. That may have been the one I lost. Because I lost my first one. <laughs> yeah, it says somewhere in hundred in somewhere in hundred and county. <laughs> All right, uh, there we go. Eight dollars and twenty nine cents. So I'm really, you know, here I am reading, but I still I'm training five days a week. You know, I'm figuring things out with training, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think the internet, because information is so easy, stuff like this in my early 2000s, I had to pay to get an audio CD of somebody interviewing Mike Boyle. Mm -hmm. I had to pay. I was in a, Ryan Lee had a monthly uh, CD that would get mailed and I would burn through those CDs. I mean, I'd play them a gazillion times and I purchased everything Ryan Lee put out, every business, every training, every membership site. And uh, that kind of, uh, I don't want to say I was addicted. I was just so committed to the craft and so hungry. And um, you got to be hungry if you're a coach or you will never be great. And let me tell you something. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Every day I'm like, damn, I could have got this better, done that better. Or just like I'm talking about that one kid, you know, I'm like, man, I got to get better at working with that one kid. And just here we go. It's a takeaway. So anyway, guys. 9.30, let's shut it down. I'm going to chill out a little bit. I I love talking with you guys. Toby, I can't wait to see you in person. 
Um, before we shut it down, you know, we're so we're all Toby, you're the are you the regional state? I forget what you have going on now. I am the Southeast Regional Director. Southeast Regional Director. So I was speaking with Kevin O'Neill and we're not sure what's going on with state and regional events, maybe because we're afraid that those events might slow down attendance to NatCon. So do you have anything coming up? Did you do family day already? Yeah, we've got, uh, we had a family day in Alabama. We've had a family day in Tennessee uh, and in South Carolina last weekend. Oh, we did too. Uh, we just did it Sunday. Yeah, we've got, um, Probably the only state we won't have a family day in is North Carolina, just because uh, of the Southeast. They're probably the most restrictive uh, as far as things go, especially with the schools. And so, uh, but we'll have one in Georgia. That'll be on the 30th. Um, we're having one this Saturday down in, or no, we'll have another one on the 30th down in Florida, um, Mississippi. We are we're in, working. We're in Florida. Florida's huge. Uh, we're, they're going to do it at King's Academy, which is, uh, uh, South Florida. Um, what area so, is that? Do you know, uh, uh, it's around FAU. That's all I know. Oh, Florida, Florida Atlantic is Boca. Yeah. So it's around okay. Boca. Cool. The only reason I know that is because my, my buddy's a strength coach at FAU. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we're going to have it down there and then Mississippi, we're working on getting some things finalized. We'll probably have a family day there in, uh, in December, uh, we just had a transition with our state director. And so he's getting, you know, he's kind of getting his feet wet and cool. we'll just do it a little bit later. Um, we've got MatCon obviously in our region. So we will not have a regional uh, this year. Matt oh, MatCon is in, where's MatCon going to be? In Tennessee. Ensworth. So is that uh, our buddy's place, Zach. Brian who's, Van Vliet. Who's there? Brian Van Vliet. I never met oh, Brian. He's the head coach at, at Ensworth. I thought it was uh, – who do we have on? Who was one of our first guys on our podcast? Oh, uh, Jason uh, Spray. Jason Spray. He, he yeah. is in he's Tennessee. No there. No, yeah, he's, he's no longer there. Jason was Spray. at – no, at a different private school. It's not that yeah. one. He was at Ensworth, but is no, he's no longer there. Oh, he was. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's at he, uh, – He's in Murfreesboro. Yes, he's yes, yes. somewhere in Murfreesboro. Cool. Awesome. So a lot of stuff going on for everybody who's watching or listening, go to nhssca.us, uh, become a member. If you get to a family day, uh, I believe they had a discount going, which makes it even cheaper. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a school, it is very likely that your membership could be handled as part of like your educational funding. And even if it's not, it's tremendous. There's so much. Uh, resources in the website and being part of the family is just awesome. We had an awesome family day. We're like still buzzing from it. Yeah, it was great. It was great, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. So, awesome. all right, we're going to shut it down. Paul, thank you so much. Toby, you are the man. And uh, we will get this out anywhere that you could listen to podcasts. It'll also be up on YouTube. We mentioned a lot of resources. So, Share it with a colleague, share it with an administrator, share it with anybody who's involved with working with athletes so we could help spread the good word about, uh, you know, educating and empowering and giving anybody who's working with high school athletes the, the right resources to give them the best opportunity to be healthy and to succeed in athletics and in life. So, guys, hang on while I shut it down here.